If it's unstable due to a weak network, actually, it should be fine. Okay, enough of that. All right, all right. I got all trouble shot and everything. Looks like everything is working. Um, I hope. Ooh, actually, I could check that out right now. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. All right, everything should be streaming and working. I troubleshot it earlier, and it was yeah, like, which you know, my definition of troubleshooting is like you know, if it works for two seconds. Under very certain circumstance, I say, you know what, fuck it, it works for the show. So, but um, yeah, I tried using, I mean, it's just everything that could go wrong did go wrong with Monday's show. I was very disappointed. I was unable to, um, you know, stream basically two shows in a row. Oh, wow, I look, I look all pixelated like, um, like a, uh, <laughs> Like, uh, well, I'm actually, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say because it's not a very flattering comparison. But okay, all right, this this works, this works, and the audio works as well. Actually, I feel, I feel like a little, I sound softer, but um, this is way better than the um, other ways that I've been able to um, that I've been able to stream. Um, and yeah, it works out because you know this. Um, I, I do enjoy the uh, video production, but um, this is you know the, the show is you know a podcast, um, and that's what gets syndicated via audio. And, uh, yeah, it's important that that is at a, a good quality. And also Monday, I just, like, what was it? We had, uh, we, you know, we got some cooking wine, and, you know, obviously I couldn't let that go to waste. And so I think, like, I started the show uh, somewhat intoxicated and uh, was, I was talking about Sununu and, um, you know, other things. And basically, yeah, the, the show was half of it was just curse words. Um, and I was unable to upload it anyways. Um, because normally I upload it anyways. Oof, jeez. Gosh, I'm glad I didn't do the uh, HD. Um, but I, yeah, so I'm able to um, stream here using my mobile right now. I'm finally been able to get Odyssey to stream on mobile, so that's cool. That's cool. That's a huge plus. So that means I'll be able to uh, stream on uh, stream during Forkfest. But I have very important uh, important news. I want to do just sort of like a brief, you know, hour long show. Justin Trudeau revokes Emergencies Act. Existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient. Now, I got, uh, I was alerted to this when my cousin sent me a text. Now, my cousin is a uh, Liberal Party voter. He voted for Trudeau in um, pretty much every election that Trudeau ran in. And he said, um, he, and I just got out of a blue today. He said, uh, Trudeau choked. I knew it. And actually, yeah, that was like the last thing that he texted. I, you know, we were, we're both busy and I haven't had much time to, um, interact with him. But, uh, when he first was like talking about the, um, 
the, the essentially martial law that's being declared. He said that Trudeau's going to choke because, like, even even his supporters view him as you know a weak sort of you know pansy leader. Um, and he did. And in my case, I was surprised. I was actually um, somewhat surprised because I thought that um, he would you know keep it like indefinitely for you know at least a few months. Um, but as some people say, the polling just came back in and he realized that he's probably going to, um, lose very badly and there's going to be a, uh, conservative wave. I don't, I don't, I forget what color. I think for blue, I think the conservative is blue. Conservative party is blue in Canada, which, you know, makes it all more, um, confusing. So this is from the nationalpost.com. Justin Trudeau revokes emergencies act. Existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient, which they always were. He could have always arrested... Um, arrested, well, I don't know if he could have arrested them because that would be a civil rights violation, but they, they could have removed the trucks. I mean, they had the power to uh, remove the trucks without declaring an emergency. Now, mind you, the last time that this was used uh, during peacetime was it was, you know, it was essentially the same act just under a uh, more uh, ominous name, the War Measures Act. They declared it because two, uh, two bureaucrats were killed, and then also this one, actually, I was reading about it. Um, reading about it the other day, was, there was, like, this one uh, separatist who gave a speech at a, a college, and there was, like, a, like a, you know, thousands of college students, and he said, you know, he was bragging about how there are more young men in Quebec who want to, um, you know, commit violence against a par- you know, someone from a member of parliament than there are police to protect every single member of parliament. And so that, you know, that, I guess what we would call today Fed posting, uh, <laughs> you know, brought brought down the, um, you know, the band hammer. And so compared to today, where it's just, you know, honking and portable, uh, was it portable hot tubs and bouncy castles and basically, yeah, honking, right? Um, HH, those are my new favorite, uh, favorite initials, HH for, for Hong Kong. Um, a little, bit, a little bit too on the nose there. So I'm getting in. Just a day after MPs approved it, and potentially hours before being put to vote in the Senate, emergency measures invoked by the Trudeau Liberals last week have been revoked. And it probably would have been passed in the Senate, I imagine. I, I mean, that, that's a scary thing, too. And I don't know, maybe that was the whole purpose of it. They just wanted to see if they would be able to legally implement martial law via the legislature uh, which they did, at least, you know, the House of Commons passed it, and, you know, the Senate, I, I've, I see no reason why the Senate would not pass, um, would not approve, you know, rubber stamp it either. Um, but I guess they made their point across. They got their point across. It was a Tamara Litch, who I've been, I've been you know, mispronouncing her name this you know, entire month, but um, she's now in, uh, what was it? I think she's in jail, uh, no possibility of bail. So, yeah, I mean, basically the leaders all capitulated or were arrested. The situation is no longer an emergency, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said Wednesday afternoon, nine days after his government invoked the never-before-used Emergencies Act. We are confident that existing laws and bylaws are now sufficient to keep people safe, Trudeau said, adding the federal government would continue to support local law enforcement agencies as needed. The government invoked the Emergencies Act, insisting the powers were necessary to end weeks of protests that closed border crossings across the country and saw encampments of transport trucks and private cars taking over streets around Parliament Hill. Just have to... Yeah, you know, click it. Yeah, click out of uh, TikTok there. All my extra extra tabs need all the battery I could get. The government invoked the Emergencies Act, insisting the powers were. 
Okay, make sure I'm on the Wi-Fi too, just so, so I don't burn from my data. Um, inv- insisting the powers were necessary to end weeks of protests at closed border crossings across the country and saw encampments of transport trucks and private cars taking over streets around Parliament Hill. Trudeau said law enforcement agencies were prepared to deal with any threats of fervor blockades or occupations and warned anybody considering such a move to think twice. Police officers will continue to be there to protect our streets and neighborhoods within their jurisdictions, he said. Which I, I'd be curious to see if in Canada they have a um, any anything on the books about how the uh, police are under no... Uh, obligation to protect citizens, right? For very to enforce laws. I wonder if there's that distinction in Canada compared to the United States. Um, the issue just won't go. Uh, hold on. Even with the occupations ended, the Prime Minister said the situation is far from over. This issue won't just go away, he said, announcing that a parliamentarian review of the government's decision to invoke the act would be struck within 60 days. We need to constantly work to defend and improve our democracy at home and around the world, which I don't know if that's a, uh, it's, it's a subtle reference to uh, his warmongering in Ukraine, which is disgusting, too. Even in local papers, I saw a um, you know, lo- local New Hampshire paper, I saw in the Valley News, where it was like this opinions piece. Um, I don't know if it was uh, written from like you know an actual member of the Upper Valley community or if they just took it from some other... Um, some of our newspaper, but they were going on. I think it was probably like a community. I think it was like letters to the editor. Uh, this, you know, they were going on about how the youth of Ukraine deserve freedom. Okay, and so this is coming from you know, and I, I don't know anything about the offer, but I just I just figured knowing you know the kinds of people who read and write to the Valley News, uh, a boomer who was a hundred percent in favor of vaccine mandates, and most likely, you know, I have no idea. I'm just you know, just assuming based on um, you know my observations. Um, somebody's pro-mask, pro most likely pro-mask, most likely just you know pro all sorts of a tyranny that you know people of my age have to deal with today. You know, most likely against legalization of marijuana, and yet they're going and warmongering against um, you know against Russia uh, because Ukrainian youth want freedom. Okay, well, like you know, and this is the same thing as you know the kinds of people who. Uh, at the grocery store, they, you know, they, they like, you know, put a $20 bill or a $100 bill within, you know, sight of everyone for the uh, charity, you know, to go to uh, poor people in Africa when there's homeless people like right down the street from her, like from where she lives. It's the same kind of, same kind of, um, same energy I'm getting um, from people, and especially from people like Trudeau. Uh, all these warmongering liberals, and like I never thought I'd say this, but like I actually I, I hate the neocons less just because the warmongering liberals exist. I mean, they're they're honestly like you know I'm not giving like you know any sort of partisan favor. I mean, you know the neocons are um, ideologically descendant from uh, you know escaped Trotskyites living in the United States, uh, but yeah, like I'd I'd, I'd rather deal with the uh, neocon warmongering, um, which is bad. Versus, you know, the liberal uh, warmongering, which is bad and uh, also just obnoxiously hypocritical. Under Section 62 of the Emergencies Act, such reviews are mandatory and, according to the legislation, held in private. Section 63 also gives the Governor General the authority to order an inquiry into the circumstances that prompted the invocation of the order and measures taken during the emergency. It'll be important that we gain a fuller understanding of what gave rise to this kind of disregard of laws and threat to our democracy, Trudeau said. 
Critics and opposition leaders criticized the measures, particularly those meant to target money and bank accounts. Uh, yeah, it is, you know, I, I guess, you know, from one point of view, it is target them illegally, but to target money and bank accounts allegedly connected to convoy organizers and supporters. They pointed to the fact that police managed to clear the border blockades before the act came into force and questioned why existing laws and injunctions, including one filed in an Ontario Superior Court February 11th by the province of Ontario, weren't sufficient to end illegal protests. Civil rights organizations filed, a legal, cha- filed legal challenges against the federal emergency measures, accusing the government of setting a dangerous precedent by invoking the act. The Canadian Civil Liberties Association welcomed the government's decision to revoke the measures, describing the move as overdue. We also continue to believe it is important for the courts to comment on a legal threshold and constitutional issues so as to guide the actions of future governments, the CCLA spokesperson Abby Deshman said in a statement. Even though the orders are no longer enforced, Canadians are left with a precedent that the government actions have set. She said the CCLA's litigation against the government will continue. And good for them. Good for them for not just, you know, dropping it and uh, letting them take this precedent. I, you know, I, I don't think it's gonna, any, any lawsuit is going to stop them. But, you know, having, because like, who's going to enforce the, uh, you know, who's going to enforce it? The government? Or enforce a ruling, Robert. The act which consider, which requires passage in both houses of government passed muster in the House of Commons on Tuesday in a 185 to 151 vote. New Democrat leader um, Jagmeet Singh announced his party's support for the measures on Monday, countering Bloc Québécois and uh, the Tory MPs who vowed to oppose it. And Tory, I guess that's the, uh, I'm pretty, yeah, that's, that's Conservative Party. And yeah, New Democrat, the NDP is essentially um, the Socialist Party of Canada. I mean, they're all socialists, right? Even the conservatives. But this is like the explicitly socialist party. As news broke in a red chamber that the Prime Minister was said to revoke the act, senators shrugged and went on with their debates. Well, I'm shocked that the Prime Minister has gone to this length to upstage me in my speech here this afternoon, joked Nova Scotia Senator Terry Mercer. I thought that when he kicked me out of a Liberal caucus a number of years ago, that was the last time he would do that. The government representative in the Senate, Mark Go- Mark Gold, asked the Senate to end debate on the act and confirm there would be no vote. Hear, hear, reacted conservative senators. Oh yes, now let's all go back to the country club. Earlier in the day, some senators said they were still torn in choosing how to vote on the extension of the Emergencies Act, and it was unclear if the Senate would vote it down. I agree, there is an emergency. I'm not totally convinced there, there still remains an emergency, but it requires these special powers, said Senator Dennis Glenn Patterson from Nunavut. For others, the decision was clear. I will, I will vote no to the continuation of the Emergencies Act on the basis that I believe it is no longer needed, said, tenator, said Senator Scott Tanas, leader of a Canadian senators group. It is doing nothing but dividing Canadians and will do so in increasing number... In increasing number every day, every hour that it is enforced. So yeah, they, they all looked at the polling data. They're all worried about their um, about their seats. So you just want to constantly troubleshoot the uh, the audio and just just make sure it's working. Um, Conservative Party, excuse, Conservative Senator Pierre Hughes Boisvenu. Uh, suggested on Twitter the Prime Minister decided to revoke the act instead of risking it being voted down by the Senate. 
Quote, the Prime Minister knew the Senate would not support him. He chose to back down rather than admit defeat, wrote uh, Boisvenu in uh, French. That's interesting. I never would have um, never would have guessed that. A spokesman in Gold's office, Chloe Fidio, said that while she could not speak on behalf of different groups in the Senate, many senators had indicated during the two days of debate that they planned to support the motion. The vote in the Senate was set to happen after the end of the debates, either Wednesday night or Thursday. While the Prime Minister was making his announcement, Ontario Premier Doug Ford announced the end of a province's now two-week-old state of emergency, enacted in response to the Ottawa protests and, and a nearly six-day blockade of the Ambassador Bridge in Windsor, Ontario, that stalled billions in cross-border trade. That blockade, which drew ire from both business leaders and U.S. lawmakers, yeah, because that's who really that, that's who you know really runs the show there, especially in Canada, yeah, you know, business leader yeah, Americans basically, it's like. Um, it's the uh, AUG, American Occupied Government, uh, came to an end on February 14, the same day Trudeau Liberals invoked the Emergencies Act. Which I will say, like, I guess it's it, it probably was influenced by the invoking of the Act, or at least a threat of him invoking the Act. So it wasn't totally useless, you know, from like from their perspective. But that's good news. That's good news. That was way sooner than I um, anticipated. Although probably that means you know it, it went off without a hitch. Um, he got what needed to be done. And yeah, so I guess the question is, what uh, what now? Are all the truckers gonna, um, you know, leave Ottawa with her tail between their legs? Although um, we have here coming up potentially there might be a, an American convoy which. Uh, yeah, it's, I don't know, it's ripe for a false flag, but before that, I just wanted to go into, um, this one here. RCMP working to unfreeze protesters' bank accounts, Ottawa says. The federal government says Emergencies Act orders to, this is from Vistar, to freeze bank accounts of people who organ, uh, organized, participated in, or donated to the Freedom Convoy. Blockades have been halted, and the RCMP is working with financial institutions to unfreeze these, those accounts. So here this dude posted a Wall Street silver. The polling data came back and Trudeau's coalition government just figured out how big of a mistake they made. Now this is just speculation, but... Um, I suspect so many people are making cash withdrawals that it is causing bank system stress. But banks were likely putting pressure on the government to reverse course. And yeah, I saw um, I saw these uh, these charts of um, withdrawals and bank outages from Canada, and I guess that caused a lot of people to um, to freak out. And there was even on Tucker Carlson, he talked about cryptocurrency, he talked about Bitcoin, and I didn't recognize the person he had on, but um, Tucker was. And now normally Tucker is, and I, I, I do believe that Tucker Carlson is a, a shill of some sort. If you look into his association with. Um, you know, Voice of America and just, you know, some of the, um, you know, positions he holds and things he advocates for. And now this is, I guess this is more of my pet peeve for Tucker Carlson, not so much as like, you know, why I think he's a um, gatekeeper, you know, controlled opposition, de-radicalization agent. Um, other than the fact that, you know, someone who's known controlled opposition and disinfo agent Alex Jones came up with like a whole like half hour video sucking his dick for, like, almost an entire show, uh, but it was, like, you know, a half-hour video, um, condensed of him saying, and it was, like, literally, you could look this up, but the video was titled, like, The Most Important Man in America, and it was just a picture of Tucker Carlson, um, but, you know, Tucker Carlson would, he would always, anytime he brings up cannabis, it would be negatively, 
Um, and, and, you know, there's always, you know, the stereotype of like, you know, the, the, the dumb retarded stoner. And that's true. And a lot of the people that Tucker Carlson mocks are, you know, probably, uh, cannabis consumers and are also are not smart, but like he would just get on his, on his soapbox about weed, like, you know, the same way, uh, Ted Nugent would, you know, say that like all of America's problems are caused by, you know, dope smokers. And, uh, what was the Tucker was like trashing cannabis as a, um, treatment for cancer saying, and, and yeah, it was just, it was just in such, and like, I don't know, the way he goes about and says things too, like he, he creates, it's, it's like this, like, and what I like this sort of, he uses this cult leader, um, like, I, I, I'm not, is it psychosomatic? I, I forget the term, but he'd say like, oh, these are norms, right? Oh, any decent person would believe in this. And like, he just puts his opinion and then says, oh yeah, everyone believes in this. And, um, yeah, that's how you get like, you know, cult audience, um, but, um, yeah, so, so he was talking about crypto, anyway, so back, back to the original point, he was talking about crypto and, uh, Bitcoin and was saying that it was, you know, sort of essentially praising it for being an alternative to the banking system. And I hope that, you know, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency starts to become much bigger in Canada. Oh God, I look so, this, this angle, <laughs> um, it becomes more popular in Canada as a result from this. Yikes. <laughs> and, of, and of course, the, uh, the moment I tune in is when I'm criticizing myself. Um, so the Canadian convoy might be finished, but we might have something even bigger and even more content worthy. Or it could be a, you know, a massive failure. Um, I wouldn't say the Canadian convoy was a failure. Um I mean, unless you count, like, all the people who say, oh, yeah, you know, they're gonna, gotta, they have to arrest me and drag me out of my vehicle before I leave. And then, you know, they, they threaten to take their insurance and freeze their bank accounts and they leave, which, you know, I understand. Um, I don't blame them for leaving. I'm just, you know, like, I, I think I'll just, you know, like, blame the people who are the ride-or-die types, right? It's like, oh, I'm gonna stay here. We're gonna have to pry, we're gonna have to pry my cold, dead hands off a wheel. Unless they threaten my money. Unless they threaten my material possessions. Um, but, you know, I understand. I understand. I'm not, I'm not judging. Well, I guess I am judging the people who said they'd ride or die and left. But, um, on principle, you know, I, I certainly understand, you know, it's, it's, um... You know, why get your all, all your money and insurance and your truck taken away for, you know, while protesting on behalf of, um, protesting on behalf of a country that would just, you know, let military and police, like, run horses over old women and, you know, call you a bunch of racist Nazis just because the news said so. Could be demoralizing, but we might have the American convoy now. This is from redstate.com. People's Convoy is underway and headed to D.C. This is published February 23rd. The People's Convoy, the group of American truckers inspired by Canada's Freedom Convoy, got underway Wednesday with as many as 1,000 truckers expected to be pulling out to... <laughs> pulling out. To, I'm sorry, I'm, I'm childish. To begin an 11-day trip to Washington, D.C., calling for an end to the state of emergency on COVID, as well as the unconstitutional mandates and restrictions. 19 states still have vaccine mandates in effect. Joe Biden quietly extended the state of emergency last Friday to now beyond March 1st, when it was supposed to expire, claiming, which, I mean, you know, the United States has been under a state of emergency for many decades now, so. Um, yeah, so, you know, it's it's no, no news to, to, to me or anyone in the know, but... 
um, claiming that the the COVID-19 pandemic continues to cause significant risk to public health and safety of the nation. This despite his own Department of Health and Human Service Secretary Javier Becerra telling him to end the state of emergency. They just can't let it go for the desire of power and control. So your organizers in a statement echoed Landis's sentiment saying, quote, This convoy is about freedom and unity. The truckers are riding across, um, are riding united across party and state lines uh, and with all with people of all colors and creeds, Christians, Muslims, Jews, Sikhs, Mormons, agnostics, blacks, Hispanics, Asians, Native Americans, Republican, Democrats. The cavalcade, the cavalcade will set off the will set off from the Adelanto Stadium at midday Pacific Standard Time Wednesday. It well, I wonder if it does that mean that's today. It will then head to Kingman and Lupton in Arizona, Glen Rio in Texas, Elk City and um, Venita in Oklahoma, and Sullivan in Missouri. Truckers will then head to Indianapolis, Cambridge in Ohio, and Hagerstown in Maryland before their anticipated arrival at the D.C. Beltway on March 5th. The convoy organizers say they are not going to be blocking roads or bridges like the Canadian convoy did, because they'd end up getting shot and murdered by the police. Um, Although one of the people from another group of Pennsylvania said he wanted to shut down the Beltway. Um, yeah, and, you know, black helicopters are on the way to his house now. We're expected to have more uh, people joining along the way and show up around Joe Biden's State of the Union address. Ooh, that'll be interesting. Other convoys are starting in other locations, all expected to converge in D.C. A protest is planned at the Washington Monument on March 1st. Oh, I n- nothing, nothing could go wrong. What could, what could possibly go wrong? Jesus, this angle is terrible. You can see, like, I look like a fish person. My, uh, I have all these bags under my eyes. Um, let's see here. Washington Monument. Yeah, no, unfortunately. Well, unless... Well, I don't know. I guess, yeah, my, um, my, my flight... Uh, what was it? My flight is to D.C. My flight back to New Hampshire stops by D.C. So I wonder if I could just, like... I don't know. I guess, like, get get credit for, like, a later flight. And just, no, it's just... That's, that sounds like a recipe for me to get mugged or black bagged. Me hanging out in D.C. for, like, for a week. Um, protest organizers say it's time to open the country and they aren't going anywhere until that happens although the problem is a lot of these local um, a lot of the mask mandates and vaccine mandates are still being implemented and enforced by state governments I guess really the only thing the feds could do is or that they could do from protesting in Washington would be to um, get rid of the federal mandate and you know get rid of the uh, mandate on airplanes which would be nice Like, now this is going to be the second time I've had to fly um, in, you know, COVID land, you know, wearing a fucking mask for, like, six hours while I'm either on a plane or, you know, in the airport. And, um, I mean, a lot of it is just sitting down and waiting, so it's not that bad. It's not like, you know, those people who have to do uh, physical activity activity and exertion while wearing a mask. But still, it is, you know, it, it is very unpleasant. Um and you know my yeah yeah and so I'm hoping um, I'm hoping by the next time I have to uh, have to try have to uh, fly and travel um, it's uh, done away with the protest organizers say it's time to open the country and they aren't going anywhere until that happened yeah well you know the Canadian trucker said the same thing although it is probably more difficult or on paper it should be more difficult for the United States to um, declare martial law and you know suspend habeas corpus and um, 
you know, take away these people's rights, but all they have to do is just say, oh, terrorism, right? Someone has a, you know, they just have to lie about someone having, you know, a truck filled with um, homemade explosives, and they get to arrest everyone, and, you know, the party, uh, that's, you know, the protest party stops, right? It's going to be illegal to protest. To our elected officials that believe they rule us, you work for us. Our Constitution was written to provide enough power to act on a national level, but not enough to deprive the people of fundamental rights. The people, the people are prepared to see this challenge through, as we have seen through all challenges to our freedom in the past, and we will prevail and prosper. To our brave and courageous neighbors to the north, our Canadian brothers and sisters who led the charge, we join your call to freedom with the People's Convoy. Let the golden light of, in, in all caps, let the golden light of liberty burn bright. Let freedom roll. Right, I don't want to don't be bothering and waking up people tonight. California organizer Maureen Steele said they were working with lawyers regarding donations. Oh, yeah, somewhere, I think on Revolver, I saw they, they have like half a million dollars already um, uh, saved up or uh, raised to make sure that what happened to the donations in Canada, where the government froze accounts and tried to seize the donated money, doesn't happen to them. They also said they wouldn't be going to D.C., but just be in the area. Well, actually, that's probably probably a better idea. Despite that, it sounds like the Pentagon and the cities are getting ready with a response, the likes of which you wouldn't have seen for the radical leftist riots. Pentagon Press Secretary John Kirby said the National Guard has been requested to help out. They approved of... Oh, man, I really wish I could play that audio right now. Oh, my God. Um, they approved about... 400 to help mostly with anticipated traffic disruptions, but they will have, quote, 50 tactical vehicles, so probably LRAD, the shit they've been using on people in Australia, sonic weapons, you know, weapons that, like, you know, cause your liver to burst or that cause you to, like, immediately shit yourself. The deployment is expected to stay until March 7th. The Metropolitan Area of Metropolitan Police are adding more people for early March. They are reinstalling the fencing that they previously had around the Capitol. Oh, yeah. And, you know, my dad, who said I was a fucking conspiracy theorist because uh, I showed him the pictures on Twitter of the uh, White House constructing a fence. Uh, what was it? Like a, a concrete wall or some sort of wall around the perimeter. Yeah, Shelly is a, a teetotaler, so I'm reintroducing her to the joys of alcohol. <laughs> um, uh, uh, House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is closely monitoring the situation, her spokesman said. Or hopefully she's monitoring it as hard as Trump monitored situations, and then I think these guys will be fine. Um, funny that she has never... She was never closely monitoring the BLM Antifa riots that took place in D.C., setting fires around the White House and even attacking U.S. Senator Ron, uh, excuse me, Rand Paul and his wife. GOP Representative Ralph Northam of South Carolina told the Daily Mail that they have every right to be angry at this government. And I believe these individuals speak for more than just themselves. I support their right to uh, lawfully protest. Without, yeah, here we go. Here's the thing. Yeah, you know, and 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 I, I hate to, um, I hate to, I hate to be fed posting from Shelley's internet, but um, no, I hate to get to to um, say this, but I think at this point when they say like lawfully protest, um, but then they add the thing about oh, without disrupting commerce, it just makes me think like lawfully and just you know have your little impotent, ineffective little protest, right? Where 
all the people you're protesting against, you know, they're still going to get their paychecks or going to do whatever the fuck they want. Um, and all they have to do is just not show up to work until you go away. And so I'm not advocating, you know, any sort of illegal behavior, but really, like, what really caused the establishment in Canada, you know, the government, the globalist, the tyranny, whatever you want to call it, the shit bricks, was when they started disrupting their business, when they started costing them billions of dollars, because uh, no matter how crazed they are for power, at the end of the day, these people, they, they rely on money. Money is their god. And, you know, Jesus said the love of money is the root of all evil. And these people, they're like, you know, they have, they have you know, they love money so much they create it out of thin air, right? There's not enough gold um, and actual wealth in the world to represent what, you know, they say the, the size of the economy actually is, right? Most of it's based off of um, just absolute pure and total bullshit, just like everything else that they do. Oh, midnight economics lesson from me. Sure, it makes it look like I have a big forehead and this, oh well. Um, yeah, but do, without disrupting commerce, essential services, or the lives of others. Okay, so it's fine for the government to do all of that. Literally, the fucking government did all of that. Zoom in on my unibrow. And, um, yeah. So, but, yeah, you, you could just make a bunch of noise and go home at the end of the day. Senator Rand Paul also said he was, quote, all for it. There you go. So, okay, I'll read. This is... Oh, well, I have to give him money for that. I will not do that. Um, oh, no, they don't have a video. That's fine. Pentagon approves National Guard deployment ahead of D.C. trucker convoy. Well, which one should I do? Um, yeah, no, I'll do Zero Hedge instead. That's uh, preferred. D.C. National Guard scrambling to secure tow trucks uh, as Freedom Convoy descends. Washington, D.C. National Guard is ratcheting up preparations for forthcoming trucker protest set to begin on Tuesday as a, as a, a new group of roughly 1,000 truckers dubbed People's Convoy makes its way to the nation's capital in protest of COVID-19 mandates. According to a uh, notice obtained by Breitbart News, the D.C. National Guard Land Component Command will be encamped, starting today, which is a you know, military term, starting today, which, according to its source, is synonymous with occupy the area. According to the notice, the National Guard will encamp through Monday, March 7th. The notice stated that soldiers were, ready to, uh, were uh, already on standby to support the State of the Union address, which is scheduled for March 1st. Wow, actually, I did a shit. Damn, you know, I've been on my, um, you know, not, not that I've been in, on, on vacation. Um, it's, I guess, like a workcation um, because I've been working just on other work. Um, but, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even know the State of the Union was, um, was so soon. Gosh, I mean, the fact that they're even going to let this senile motherfucker um, give a State of the Union is a shock to me. But, um. A separate notice stated the encampment could last longer than March 7th. Yeah, remember, after January 6th, they had, like, two divisions occupying the uh, the, the, the nation's capital for, I think, for a month. I forget how long, but it was quite a few months. I mean, it was enough that if I ha if I was in the military, even before the vaccine mandate, I w you know, it wouldn't have been worth it. I'd be like, okay, I'm, you know, I'd be deployed because I would have wanted to be a military intelligent, or not military, um, military police, and so I'd most likely be there, and I'd be, if I wasn't, you know, 
psychologically screened out by then. I'd be like, you know, freezing and like, you know, picking out pieces of tinfoil out of my, you know, chili, my MRE chili or whatever and being like, yeah, I don't think this was, I, I don't think that the two, what was it, a paycheck for the two, two weeks a year, my ass, but um, separate's uh, notice state of the encampment could last longer than March 7th and would be in support of the D- DC Homeland Security and Emergency Management Agency and the Metropolitan Police Department. Fox News' Brad Pergam reported earlier Tuesday that the National Guard is now, quote, scrambling to secure heavy tow trucks to haul away semis, which may try to block mass roads. So just block roads. Um, fencing in front of a Capitol. So we have a map here. So yeah, I guess um, I guess there, I guess it's probably like you know the, the quickest route. So yeah, it's literally just a um, not a straight line, but it's like for for a biz straight line, and then they go diagonally. You know, it's a straight line all the way up to Oklahoma, and then they go straight diagonal um, to uh, Washington, uh, Washington D.C. Um, would it be no, no? I, I, I probably by then I'd be sick of traveling. Um, if it if it lasts like for a while, then I might I might go down to visit. Um, but like even where I have like you know my um, where the, the you know my the Moore clan lives, um, it's actually quite quite south. Um, it'd be quite a drive, but we'll see. Program earlier cited Representative Bayer suggesting that a convoy in D.C. would be a disaster and unwelcome. Yeah, by by whose standard? By Democrats, yeah, <laughs> even even zero hedge, yeah. <laughs> Adding, quote, I don't know anybody who lives in metropolitan Washington who would want to be part of something like this. Well, yeah, maybe that's a problem. Maybe it's because, because people in metropolitan Washington are, are, uh, are the problem, actually. For the people who are out of touch. Right? Like, you know, fucking weed is legal in Washington, D.C., and it isn't in New Hampshire. He continues, if a beltway gets jammed up, everything stops in this region. But not only this region. This is also the main north-south route from Boston to Maine. All the way... What? From Boston to Maine? Well, no. Well. Oh, oh, from Boston to Maine all the way to Florida. It was shut down half a country. Oh, oh no. Stop giving us reasons. <laughs> On Friday, the U.S. Capitol Police issued a press release said that they're closely coordinating with entities which include the D.C. National Guard, ahead of the expected convoy. Um, Capitol Police and the United States Secret Service have been working closely together to plan for the upcoming State of the Union. The temporary inner perimeter fence is part of those ongoing discussions and remains an option. However, at this time, no decision has been made. The United States Capitol Police. No word on how many protesters U.S. police... No word on how many protesters the United States Capitol Police plan on shooting. <laughs> it's yikes. Yikes. Nice one, Zero Hedge. But it's true. It's going to be probably a very volatile situation. Um, but this was from yesterday. I'm just curious here. Freedom Convoy, if there's been any update. Let's see here. Freedom Convoy spinoffs. Man, wouldn't that be something if there's like a Freedom Convoy in Concord, right? We're all the NH exit people. Let's let's get that going. 
So it looks like the convoy left as of today. And it does appear to be grassroots, right? I don't see any, like, major grifting at this point, um, which I guess makes sense. Like, the, you know, the sort of, like, truck driver conservative community seems pretty insular. Um, I just want to see if there's any, like, New England ones. And I think that this could be, like, the anti-January 6th. I mean, like, I don't want to be too black-pilled. I don't want to be too pessimistic. But I think... Let's just do New Hampshire. See, I think that since there's no, you know, apparent, like, grift behind it, right? There's no e-celeb. There's no weirdo like Ali Alexander or Alex Jones uh, behind this, at least so far. Um, I think that this could be, you know, an effective. And since they say they're not going to, like, fuck around with commerce, right? Then, you know, like, if, if they're able to do this, like, if they're able to behave very well and not give the police any excuses to arrest them or... Um, you know, or, or Tover truck, I think that this could be, you know, just as effective, if not more effective, than the Canadian convoy. I mean, you know, best case scenario. Worst case scenario, they use that to do some sort of false flag or engineered, um, you know, engineered food crisis, and, they, and, you know, the government uses that as the excuse to, um, you know, go full mark of a beast, you know, declare martial law. <laughs> that's, I say that's the worst case scenario. No, nothing uh, from New Hampshire. So your National Guard, D.C. National Guard being told to, um, so like, I, I wonder if like D.C. National Guard, because like what, who lives in D.C.? Oh, it's like what, bureaucrats, drug dealers, criminals. I remember the first time I ever saw a uh, neighborhood watch picture or um, like, you know, sign was in D.C. And I was like a little kid and I'm like, whoa, this place is dangerous. Because, you know, crime is so bad there. Um, okay, here we go. I'll read this one real quick. This is from Breitbart. Freedom Convoy regroups in rural Canada. Okay, so maybe they're not totally done. Canada CTV News on Tuesday reported that Freedom Convoy protesters driven from downtown Ontario by this weekend's police action are regrouping on private property around the city as they evidently planned in advance. CTV said some of the regrouping was occurring on private property whose owners were allegedly not happy to see hundreds of supporters following with Freedom Convoy truckers back to the usual truck stops. Um, I see. Protesters told Tom Peckett, the mayor of McNabb, Brayside, they were only lingering for a day or two to say farewells before heading home. Okay, so it's like the trucker after party. Okay, I, I can understand that. That's nice. That's nice. You know, sometimes after protests, we would all go to, um, you know, certain, like, uh, you know, we'd go to, like, certain free stater bars or, you know, just hang out. They come in for a day, they stay overnight, they socialize, they get up in the morning, and a bunch of that group leaves for the West, and then some more come in from the city of Ottawa, said Peckett, who added he had no problem with the activity since the protesters obtained all necessary permits and were not obstructing traffic. Similar gatherings were observed by CTV and the Canadian Broadcasting Corporation in the vicinity of Ottawa, mostly using private property volunteered by its owners. Most of these locations were within an hour or two of Ottawa, and some of the protesters said on social media they were thinking of returning to Ottawa eventually instead of going home. So it's like, what was that? Isn't there like a Saturday Night Live thing about like the guy who would like never leave your couch? It's like the guest who would never leave. 
At one rally site in the Ottawa suburb of Greeley, protesters told CBC they felt discouraged but not defeated. If they if they're not even here, I don't think they should be here. There's a reason downtown was cleared out. Go home. Be done with it. Some some retard faggot replied. A Greeley business owner responded. Yeah, oh, you know, we have too many positive comments for our story. We need to shit on them. Um, you know, let's let's talk to you know the oldest you know most miserable curmudgeon we could find. Meanwhile, when okay, I think that's like the first time I use those two words like today and in, in, in during during the show. So I think I'm getting somewhat better controlling my language. Um, meanwhile, Winnipeg police to, on Tuesday told uh, protesters parked near the Manitoba legislature for the past three weeks that they need to clear within 48 hours or their vehicles could be seized. Seized. Under the Emergencies Act, controversially invoked by Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, which is, this must be, you know, from an old, old source, because that's done away with. Well, okay, alright, so this is an old article from Breitbart, then, because, you know, this is before he, he relinquished, <coughs> he relinquished the powers. Alright, now on the subject of, excuse me, <laughs> indigestion, or not, not indigestion for once, hiccups. Um, so, uh, just to, uh, round out today, speaking of petty dictators and petty tyrants here, I want to, and I, I covered this, um, I, I covered this article when I recorded, uh, Monday's show that, you know, ended up un- unuploaded. Um, so hopefully I got all my, all my, um, insults and, you know, middle school bullying, you know, uh, vibes out, uh, to talk about Sununu here, so. Sununu makes Washington Post's top 10 President of the United States list for 2024. Now, this is from nhjournal.com, which otherwise known as New Hampshire Never Trump Journal, right? It's just total Sununu ball washing. As I like to say, this dude is, you know, the uh, publisher of this Michael Graham is Cho. He must must have, you know, like an amazing uh, lung capacity to be able to um, suck on Sununu's cock and balls for uh, this long. The idea of Governor Sununu running for president in 2024 may seem far-fetched to some granite staters, but political analysts at the Washington Post are taking it seriously. Yeah, because those losers don't live in New Hampshire, and they, yeah, I mean, you know, they're basically paid to uh, write articles about stupid, retarded ideas. In her latest ranking of the top 10 GOP presidential candidates, so the people who didn't predict Trump, the people who said Trump was going to lose, are now telling us who's going to be uh, you know, the top 10 GOP candidates for 2024, right? When the midterms haven't even started yet. They put Sununu at number 9, just ahead of former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo and behind GOP rising star Governor Glenn Youngkin. The New Hampshire governor's governor broke some GOP hearts by declining to run for Senate. He would have been a major recruit in a key race, the Post's Aaron Blake wrote. And since doing so, he has made some pretty interesting comments about the national GOP. Blake noted Sununu's anti-DC GOP rhetoric, adding, He has also suggested the party is overzealous in casting out anti-Trump Republicans. Yeah, because that includes him. And he said, it's funny, he calls it anti-DC GOP, even though the DC GOP are the ones who hate Trump. So that just shows how fucking out of touch these people are. That's, of course, a helpful thing to say for a guy running for election as governor in a swing state. Yeah, and it's I'm pretty sure that there's a controlled handoff of power between Democrats and Republicans, or at least establishment 
NHGOP where they let Sununu be governor while he lets, you know, he torpedo or the NHGOP torpedoes any um, Republican, like independent Republicans chance of um, running for Senate. Right. And I think the Democrats are content to keep the Senate while they let Sununu stay in the governorship because we might as well have a fucking Democrat as, as governor anyway. So, you know, they, mm-hmm. New Hampshire, New Hampshire lets, you know, gives them, uh, you know, lets them prioritize this, you know, they, they, in New Hampshire, they prioritize the Senate seat so they could, you know, use Maggie Hassan to fuck the rest of the country, uh, from the federal side. And so Nunu fucks the state side. Uh, God, I can't even look at him. I mean, if this wasn't, if this wasn't, you know, my GF screen, I would just like, you know, punch my fist right through that fucking picture of that fat faggot. And yeah, I'm like 50-50 on Sununu being gay. Just just by, by the sound of his voice. They they put Sununu and I don't you know, not that there's anything wrong with that. I just I just want, you know, I just appreciate honesty in a politician, right? And I'm sure his wife would too. The NHGOP governor okay, right, right, right um he has also suggested the party is overzealous in casting on anti Trump Republicans. That's of course Sununu in November demurred about presidential ambitions, emphasizing his 2022 campaign comes first. He's probably be, he'd probably be better to able to massage a pro-Trump and anti-Trump divide than a lot of others on that list. No, the only thing Sununu is good at massaging is another man's prostate. Former President Donald Trump topped the list of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis at number two, and former. South Governor, South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley in third. Donald Trump Jr. also made the list in number five. And that's all you need to know. This list is just a total farce and not serious. And, or at least the people writing it aren't serious. Seriously, do you know anyone who would want to vote for fucking Don Jr.? Yeah, that's right. That's what I thought. Um, I mean, even supporters of Trump at this point, people who still support Trump, unless we're like the absolute diehard. I remember there was the Trump, uh, was it the, the Trump dynasty meme where they'd say, what was this? They'd say, um, what was it? Trump from 2016 to 2024, then it would be either uh, Trump Jr. or or Melania, not Melania, uh, what's her name? Ivanka. No, no, hold on. It would be Eric. So then it would be Eric Jr. Oh, no, it would be Eric Trump as president. Then it would be Ivanka. Then it would be Don Jr. And then in like 2050, it would be Barron. And I'm thinking, wow, right? We've gone full circle where Republicans are supporting essentially, you know, like a political, like, like the, you know, the right wing, you know, blue collar, blue collar billionaire version, you know, trashy version of, even trashier version of the Kennedys. It reminds me of, um, I forget who said it. It was like some, it was like the most cringe thing I've seen. Even more cringe, you know, in the Kyle Rittenhouse case. Probably uh, almost as cringe as um, Kyle, you know, Kyle Rittenhouse supporting Black Lives Matter. But it was, I figure it was Matt Gates or something, but they, or no, maybe it was Dinesh D'Souza. One of these conservative, you know, talking heads on Twitter put out this tweet that said, like, what was it? Kyle Rittenhouse was going to get an internship with, like, Matt Gates or, you know, all the G's GOP firebrands or, that was a trait. Uh, it was a Jim Jordan and Matt Gates are going to fight over. Um, who could have Kyle Rittenhouse as a staffer, and then you know by the time he's old enough, he could run for rep and senate. And it was just, it was just like, yeah, let's 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 just straight up put fucking e-celebs, uh, underage e-celebs, as uh, our candidates now. Why not? We've already you know had movie stars and comedians. 
uh, was they wanted Kid Rock to run for Senate, so might, might as well put in, you know, some e-celeb. Um, well, I shouldn't say e-celeb, but I mean, you know, he was sort of, like, thrusted into the limelight. Um, where was it? Uh, let's see here. Oh, here we go, all right. Interestingly, Sununu made the cut while other more active potential candidates like Senator Rick Scott, total Zionist, Governor Christy Nome, and uh, former New Jersey Governor Chris Christie did not. Well, Sununu has in fact demurred when asked the question, he has not done anything to dampen the 2024 presidential talk. All right, this is, we're starting to get into like stretching, coping territory here. Um, Ivor, he is, yeah, this guy just, like, I don't know, this guy, like, so, Michael Graham, Michael Gayham of, uh, New Hampshire drone, he just so wants Sununu to recognize him, just so wants Sununu to, uh, like, make him his press secretary or whatever, right? He's just, like, coming up with reasons for Sununu to, um, become president so this guy could, you know, be recognized on a national stage or whatever, be Sununu's biographer or whatever, maybe he's his chief eunuch. He has made several national appearances at uh, event, so several appearances at national events for groups like the Cato Institute and the Republican Jewish Coalition. Although I repeat myself, he has also been a regular on the cable news circuit with recent hits on Face the Nation and CNN. Yeah, how fucking stupid could this article be? Yeah, yeah, I'm sure that's going to be really, really influential in the Republican uh, voting demographic. Um, having multiple appearances on CNN and, and MSNBC, uh, was it? uh, Face the Nation's what, MSNBC? I have no idea. He even teased the possibility of a presidential run when he announced his decision not to challenge U.S. Senate, Senator Maggie Hassan last November. So, what do Granite students, Granite State, I'm slurring my words, sorry, time. what do Granite State politicos think of Sununu's latest ranking? Um... Oh my god, listen to this. The national GOP and media are now aware of what we already know in New Hampshire. Yeah, we yeah, we as in these, you know, political hacks. Governor Sununu is a generationally gifted political communicator. Yeah, generationally gifted, i.e. inherited all his wealth and connections and name. Political I mean, he wouldn't have gotten his he you know, he was executive counselor, I think, before, but he would not get where he is today without his um, name recognition. If it wasn't for who his daddy was, he would just be another corky messenger, a fucking loot. Well, actually not even not even that. He wouldn't even have a money without his father. I mean, he has money from his family, he has a name recognition. He's like the Bush. I mean, he's essentially the fucking George Bush of New Hampshire. He's like he's like the Trudeau of New Hampshire. That's more apt. He's the Trudeau of New Hampshire. He just, you know, paints himself up as a conservative. With an enviable record of conservative accomplishments, I could stack up well against any governor in America, said uh, veteran GOP strategist Jim Merrill. Another veteran of New Hampshire politics, Democrat Jim Demers, declined to comment on Sununu, but did offer his view on the GOP presidential race. The Republicans could start 2024 with as many people running for president as the Democrats had in 2020. There are four lanes developing, the hardcore Trumpsters, the Trumplites, the non-Trumps, and the anti-Trumps. No matter how you cut it, it's all about Trump. And after the nominee is picked, merging the four lanes into one could be extremely difficult. Buckle up. Well, no, I mean, you just ignore the anti-Trumps, and that's fine. Now, when I say anti-Trumps, I mean, you know, the, the, essentially that's the neocons, right? The old guard. Um, 
Speaking of Trump, local advisors to former President uh, Corey Lewandowski says Trump is upset with Sununu's criticism and wants a serious primary challenger to step up and take on the governor of his fall. Um, and then, yeah, Sununu just totally threw the um, January 6th prisoners under the bus, right? Compared them to Antifa. Uh, asked about which I think that'll lose him a lot of like you know that that'll lose him a lot of support from like you know even even like you know the mainstream right wing Republicans. Asked about the Washington Post ranking, Lewandowski laughed it off. This story, just like the Washington Post winning a Pulitzer for a fake RussiaGate story, is all fake news. He told NH Journal, half the names on this list aren't serious candidates to win the GOP nomination. I'd say Sununu is the least serious of any of these names, me personally. But Sununu declined to co- declined to respond for request to comment. So, oh, there you go. Senpai did not notice you. Um, it's really disgusting, too. Like, Sununu never responds to the request for comment, and yet they always ball wash him. Really gross. Pathetic. Anyway, so okay, I think I got I got through that without being appearing too unhinged, uh, you know, especially since I'm like holding the camera so close. Whoops, looks like I'm bald in that one. Okay, so I'm just going to put on the usual outro music. Thank you everyone so much for tuning in. I will be back this Friday. Um here still in the mobile studio setup, although um I will have a um you know i'll have a i'll have the um professional camera holder thing working so it's not just you know so my arm doesn't get tired out but i just wanted to try it out today um and then i will be back in studio lord willing unless you know god forbid i suddenly fall sick again like i did last time i was fucking flying um we'll be back in studio monday the 28th and um I don't know if I want to do a. Uh, I might do a live react. I might. I might do a. Um, might do a live show during the State of the Union. Um, we'll see. We'll see. I'll probably decide by Monday. So, thank you, everyone, so much for tuning in to this short. Almost, it's almost going to exactly be one hour show. And yeah, catch me same time. I will be back here on Odyssey on uh, Friday. And um, yeah, I always hate goodbye. So here we go. Let's just put the music on. Oh, and I forgot uh, forgot adblock. Oh, that's right. I forgot to remove um, the thing. Sorry. Ooh, curry sauce. Yeah, we've been doing a lot of cooking this week. <laughs>